You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. You know what? I, I, I feel like I need to do something. I, I promise you this is just dawning on me right now, and I used the wrong intro. That's okay. That's fine, because that's, that's, per, that's fate telling me what I need to do right now. I was just, I'm sitting here... And I'm looking at everybody on, on Twitter getting jacked up. Bears fans are freaking out. They want to beat the Packers so bad. Packer fans are furious with hatred toward the Bears. I told you yesterday I'm feeling that way. I don't know what's going on with this game. I mean, I understand the Bears want to get in the playoffs. I understand the Packers want the number one seed. But there's, there's no question that this is something much deeper. I know for some people it's about people talking trash about the Packers or whatever. That doesn't do it for me so much because the Packers clearly started that, which I'm all about. I'm fine with that. Some people are mad because there's Bear fans who are celebrating an injury, which obviously I haven't seen that, so that's not what it is for me personally. But I, I, anyway, I'm just sitting here thinking, I'm like, when was the last time I was this amped up for a game? I'm not talking about like nervous energy like the playoffs or whatever. I'm talking about like I am ready to run through a wall. I know exactly when it was. It was the Dez dropped it game. Weirdest thing in the world. I don't know what it was about that game. We were heading out to go to my wife's um, parents' rented a place or whatever. And I just remember, for some reason, I was just... First of all, I was optimistic, which apparently is part of the thing. Like, if I'm pessimistic, like against the 49ers, it's a lot of, like, nervous energy. Like, I'm, I'm excited that we might actually win and go to the Super Bowl, but I just, I am terrified of this game. That's a different feeling. I'm optimistic, and I hate the team on the other side. And boy, did I hate the Cowboys on that day. And what it is, is I played a song, and once that song hit, I just, I, I, that was it. Like, I, I was locked in. I was ready to just, probably wasn't safe for me to be driving. Because if I saw somebody look at me the wrong way, maybe i clip them a little bit. I don't know. But anyways, I want to I wanna just give you a little taste of something just to kick this day off right. It's going to be a good day. Yeah, it's going to be a good day. I did listen to the whole song. I'm not going to do that because it takes too long. I'm ripping off music from like two different artists and they're swearing and whatnot. And I don't feel like editing it because it kind of kills the song and it takes too much time. But I don't want to, you know, leave it. So I would advise you to go listen to that song It's in, in its entirety. In fact, go to YouTube and watch the video Oh, boy. It had its desired effect. Let's just say that. So, look, we, we kind of covered all our bases already as of yesterday. I contemplated doing a what is the scenario in which the Bears win just to kind of give a more balanced thing about, you know, what we did yesterday. The problem with that is it's Sunday, and I don't want to sit here and talk about how the Bears win. 
Plus, that's way too much work <laughs> trying to figure out how the Bears win this game. So instead, I want to start with something else. I want to start with the assumption that the Packers win and take a look at the playoffs um, as they stand or maybe, might be, could be, whatever. So first of all, really quickly, um, just want to run through my assumptions for the day. Obviously, not everything's set in stone, but I do want to talk about the games today, which ones matter, which ones don't, and what the implications um, are, uh, including the AFC, by the way. First of all, I do expect the Buffalo Bills to beat Miami. That one is not set in stone. And in fact, I think it would be best for all of us if Miami does win. Uh, maybe long term that's not great because Miami has about as much potential as anybody. They've got 60 billion um, picks coming up. The Houston Texans are giving them the number three overall pick right now, which is just disgusting. Um, but in the short term, it would be nice just simply because Buffalo is, um, you know, in recent memory, been pretty scary. So if you want to, what would be nice is to look back over the last let's say three, four weeks, and say, you know what, they were good, but they weren't perfect. And even a win where you could say that would be great. You know, if the defense kind of falls off, because they've been coming on strong lately, but they've also been pretty weak on the year. You know, just just a little something. Um, I am assuming the Colts are going to beat the Jaguars. The Jaguars haven't just been losing lately. They've been getting annihilated lately. Um, the other thing to consider, the Jaguars are playing for Trevor Lawrence and the Colts are playing for a playoff berth. So I don't see any scenario. If you got your survivor pool still going, the Colts are a pretty safe bet. The Colts could legitimately be out of the playoffs if they lose this game. Patriots are probably going to beat the Jets, but who knows? The Jets have found some uh, renewed energy and are all excited about beating people. And I don't know. doesn't have any implication on me other than uh, my draft content and watching Jets fans further... Um, delve into despair I guess likewise Raiders Broncos doesn't really matter I'm thinking the Raiders win but who knows who cares the Ravens should beat the Bengals but I don't know for sure I mean the Ravens are a good playoff team the Bengals are a horrific non-playoff team but the Bengals found a way to win and lose out on Penny Sewell congratulations you bunch of idiots I mean that's that's legitimately probably as bad as uh the Jets missing out on Trevor Lawrence. This team needs an offensive lineman as bad as anybody has ever needed an offensive lineman. Penny Sewell is a generational talent. They had him right in their hands, and then they decided to go out and win a game. Stupid, man. So stupid. Look, I I understand why you don't want to tank in certain situations. It's not always like if you're out, just tank everything. That's maybe not always the best case scenario. Because the difference in prospects between pick 10 and pick 13 or whatever the the scenario may be aren't always that big. But when you're talking number one, number two, three overall pick, whatever, especially when you can put a name to it that is perfection, like Trevor Lawrence to the Jets or Panay Sewell to the Bengals, don't mess that up. They messed it up. Chiefs-Chargers is actually unbelievably interesting. I, I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, I would almost venture to bet the Chargers win the game. In part because the Chiefs have the number one seed locked up, and secondly, the Chiefs always play, or the the Chargers always play the Chiefs tough, if not just flat out beat them. There's something about the way that they play defense, I guess similar to the Packers. They beat the Packers too last year. Um, There's something about their style of defense that just matches up against certain styles of offense, and they play the Chiefs really, really well. Um, When they played this past year, it was 20 to 23. It It actually went to overtime. Um... There was a couple times they played in 2019, obviously. Uh, one of them, the Chiefs won pretty handily, but the other one was 17-24. Uh, to 24. And then in 2018, 
they did the Chiefs did beat them pretty bad once, but then the other game that they actually won. So there have been two games where the Chiefs won fairly big. One game in which the Chiefs actually lost, and then another two or three or whatever I said that were actually really close. So I would expect this to at least be close, if not a Chargers victory. But again, it doesn't really have a ton of impact on either team. The Chargers cannot get in. The Chiefs cannot lose the number one seed. So all is right with the world. I'll, I'll say that the Chiefs win just because it's the Chiefs. But I, I guess the other reason I'm saying that is there's a there's a narrative, and I've I've I don't want to say I started the narrative, but I certainly perpetuated it. That says the Chiefs are not even that good. I, that's not the exact words, but that's kind of where we're headed with the narrative. This game isn't going to impact that for me. In other words, whatever I think of the Chiefs right now, which is a which is a very good team, but not maybe what they were last year, not what I'm the most afraid of, if they lose to the Chargers, I'm not going to ramp that up and say, see, they're not good, they're definitely not winning a Super Bowl. Because again, the Chiefs aren't playing for anything, and the Chargers always play them kind of tough. Packers, we assume, win. Steelers, Browns, I mean, I have to assume the Browns win that game, right? The Steelers are just playing absolute garbage football. Worst offensive line, worst wide receivers, worst quarterback, terrible running back. I mean, legitimately, especially with the Jets actually starting to play competent football, I think this is the worst offense in all football. Number one defense, number 32 offense. Congratulations, Steelers. Cowboys-Giants is actually unbelievably interesting because there is a scenario in which the Giants actually make the playoffs. If the Giants win and the uh, Eagles win, the Giants take the number four seed. I was supposed to talk about this uh, at another day, but it just it never came up because all the other stuff. We absolutely want this scenario to happen. The Dallas Cowboys are actually picking up steam. In the last three weeks, the Dallas Cowboys offense has scored 30, 41, and 37. Now, that's somewhat similar to the Bears, where they didn't really play very good team, and so that's kind of iffy, but at the same time, kind of hard for bad teams to score that many points to begin with. The defense did give up 33 to the 49ers, which is bad, but they gave up 7 to the Bengals and 17 to the Eagles. So overall, the offense and defense has been at least doing better than what they had done for most of the year. And what we all know is that the offense can be scary. I mean, when you talk about their running back and their wide receivers and whatnot, although I tell you what, man, now, now that I think about it, I, maybe, maybe, maybe you know, similar to what I said about the Chiefs, maybe I'm playing a little bit too close to the sun here and just asking for trouble, but I think the Packers can whoop on the Cowboys. When you factor in the, the quarterback, the offensive line woes, which is not a strength for them anymore. They do have like two extremely elite players still left on that offensive line, but the rest of the guys are just dog waste. And then you look at how bad their defense. I think I think we have the opportunity to just annihilate the Cowboys in the playoffs. I mean, I, listen, if the if the Giants somehow win and the Eagles somehow win and the Giants get in, that is best case scenario because the Giants are playing horrible football right now. I mean, they've been terrible all year. They're not getting any better. In fact, I was actually getting kind of high on the Giants if they could do a couple things, maybe this, that, or the other. And the way that they're playing recently is like, yeah, maybe, maybe, and maybe not. I don't know. The Giants have not reached 20 points since their bye week. Um, so November 15th was the last time they hit 27 points. And really, they had hit that basically every week. They started off slow, and then starting in week 5, it was 34, 20, 21, 23, 23, 27, which is not, those are not good numbers. But since then, since their bye week, 19, 17, 7, 6, and 13. They scored 19 against the Bengals, 17 against the Seahawks, who have a struggling defense. Seven against the Cardinals, who do not have a good defense. Six against the Browns, who have some good 
players, but not elite everywhere. They don't have good corners. Don't have good linebackers. Outside of Miles Garrett, you know, Olivier Vernon, I guess, is fine. I'm just saying, it's you should be able to get more than six. And then the Ravens are, you know, decent, but 13 points is, is an embarrassment. The defense has been a little bit more stiff. In fact, oh my goodness, they are, they're ranked 10th overall, which doesn't sound that impressive until you realize the, uh, that was distracting. I don't know if you could hear that. Anyways, um, the Bears are ninth, so, I mean, they're, well, whatever. It's, it's just, it's interesting because it's a garbage division, and there's an opportunity for a team that is currently 5-10 and 10 to get into the playoffs, and that just, that makes me laugh. But I, you know, as I sit here, I, I would almost, not almost, I, I think I do want Dallas to win. I would like Dallas to win. I would like to play Dallas. I don't think that, I mean, it's, it's actually very similar to how I feel about the Bears. They're, they're doing some good things. They've clearly got some weapons. They're, they're clearly hitting their stride, but I don't think they have what it takes to beat the Packers. Look, the Packers can lose, but them getting to the Super Bowl, the Packers, I mean, is entirely dependent on them continuing to play well, right? It's, it's basically from now until the end of the season. You got, what, four games left? So they have to play four good games to win the Super Bowl. They have to play three good games to get into the Super Bowl. I'm assuming that. The Bears and the Cowboys are just not a challenge, and, and the opportunity to smack the Cowboys again, to just, it would, it would be pretty glorious. And, and the fact that, I mean, the one thing that kind of undoes the Packers is a good defense. The Giants seem to have a good defense. The, the Cowboys have one of the worst in the NFL. I think that might actually be the better matchup. I'm glad I didn't do a, a half an episode on that because I think I was wrong. Again, Dallas is kind of picking up some steam, but it's all offensive. And I'm sorry, I, I just, I don't think that offensive line and that quarterback are going to be, uh, I don't know, maybe you're worried about Zeke kind of running all over the place and then they dink and dunk it to their wide receiver group and everything else. I, I, whatever, it's a horse apiece, I guess. It would just be nice to have the uh, the up-and-coming Cowboys who just get this puffed-out chest thinking that, oh, we're coming on strong, we're getting hot at the right time, and then it's the Packers again. Again, 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 it's the Green Bay Packers. And again, so, so we get to dash the Bears' playoff hopes, and then we get to dash the Cowboys' play, uh, I guess playoff, Super Bowl hopes. Not that it's a guarantee we would match up with them, but we'll get to that when we get to that. So I'm actually, I'm just going to say Dallas wins the game because I want to, I want that to be a thing. The Saints will likely be beating the Carolina Panthers. Vikings-Lions, I, I don't know, man. I'm curious to see how the Vikings respond because they got beat about as bad as I've ever seen anybody get beat. And then they had their coach come out and call him out, which, as I've said a thousand times now, is nonsense for him to do that. I just, I wonder if they're going to come out demoralized. I mean, who and what are they playing for? Their, their season, there's nothing in their season anymore. You could say that about the Lions, but I mean, the Lions are, they got a new regime coming in. They want to put on some good tape. The, the, the Vikings players just got told by their own coach that they're garbage. You're going to play for that guy? I mean, even if you want to, it's like that, that voice is playing in the back of your head. I don't know, man. The Vikings should win, and maybe they're just super angry about losing the way that they did, and they come out just super fired up. I'll say the Vikings win. It doesn't matter either way, but just saying. Then we've got the um, Cardinals and the Rams, which is very interesting because it does have playoff implications. The Bears actually can still get into the playoffs with a loss if the Rams beat the Cardinals, which they probably will. The Rams have been playing quite a bit worse. But if the if the Rams win, the Cardinals get knocked out of that number seven seed, and the Bears will take that spot, which is really interesting because then we have the opportunity to possibly beat the Bears twice. But that that'll make it even more interesting because then it's very likely we either play the Bears or the Dallas Cowboys, which would be just funny to me. Also, strangely, I think the Bears might have a better chance of beating the Saints than the Cardinals do. So I kind of like that also. 
Um, Seattle and San Francisco, I don't know that it has a ton of implications on anything. I mean, assuming the Packers win. The biggest reason we're big-time 49ers fans is on the off chance that the Bears do win. If the 49ers win, we still get the number one seed. Um, we'll be the number one, and Seattle will be the number three seed. If Seattle wins and we lose, then uh, New Orleans becomes the number one seed. Seattle is the number two seed. The Packers are the number three seed. So, as usual, we're just really rooting for the uh, the Packers here. It would be kind of nice if that Seattle game was a noon game. Then we can kind of just know. Although, maybe, you know, you don't want the Packers to find out they're automatically in and then just don't, you know, they start coasting or whatever because I don't want to lose to the Bears. But it'll, it'll definitely be fun to be watching those two games simultaneously. This is going to be a crazy Sunday, man. Oh, my goodness. But I'm going to leave it at Seattle wins just because I'm doing what I think is going to happen. Uh, Tampa Bay is going to be beating the uh, the Falcons, I'm assuming anyways. That doesn't really have that big of an implication. It just dictates who gets the 5 and the 6 seed between L.A. and uh, Tampa. The Titans should beat the Texans, and Washington will probably win and get in. But again, I want to play with the scenario that says Philadelphia wins and we're playing either Dallas or the Giants. I did talk a little bit about Washington already. And I guess it would be worthwhile to uh, look at any of those three scenarios. And it is funny that um, basically any of these three teams has playoff aspirations with the exception of the Eagles. By the way, in the event of an Eagles win and a tie, Cowboys still get it. But um, as I said about Washington, their defense is really coming on strong. They're, they're sort of the, the anti-Cowboys. Defense has been pretty dominant since about week 11, but the offense has been pretty bad since roughly the same time. Um, I mean the whole year. I mean, they got one game, they scored 41 points. That was against the Cowboys, go figure. Otherwise, the next highest scoring game they had was 27 points. So the offense is just really bad. And obviously, there's there's the whole scandal with losing their quarterback. They kicked him off the team. Not that he was the starter anyways, but it's just, it's just, it has a feeling of a team that is just uh, not in their right mind. You know, this is not the kind of team that goes on to win a Super Bowl. Not entirely certain this is the kind of team that goes on to uh, beat the Eagles. And really, if you look at matchup, the Eagles' defense is still pretty stout. I don't know where they're at mentally or emotionally, but you got a team that's scoring, you know, 10, 13, 15 points a game going up against an Eagles' defense that's not the worst in the world. Eagles might only need to score like 17, 18 points to win this game. I mean, the last two weeks, the the Washingtons, beat uh, Seattle and Carolina by 15, or they lost to Seattle and Carolina 15 and 13. Anyways, so as this is set, um, on the AFC side, you got the Chiefs, obviously, as the number one seed. We'll have the Buffalo Bills taking on the Indianapolis Colts, the Steelers taking on the Browns, the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Tennessee Titans. The only ones that feel fairly locked in stone for me, the uh, Browns should beat the Steelers for the second week in a row. Buffalo should beat the Colts. And Tennessee-Baltimore should be a really good game. Because of the way that this is set up, that would mean that Cleveland would go to Buffalo and Kansas City would play the winner of either Tennessee or Baltimore. And to be honest, I really like Tennessee in that. Although, again, no pass rush is kind of a problem. But I just feel like Baltimore is sort of Kansas City light. They're kind of like Kansas City, but just not as good. And I, I want a, a team that has just a different mentality. And I like what Tennessee can do. They can control the ball. They can play much more physical football. So I'm rooting for Tennessee, and then I, I, I think Buffalo-Cleveland actually could be a really good game as well. So I'm, I'll, I'll stop there because I don't know. But I'm hoping it's Tennessee at Kansas City, Cleveland at Buffalo, and you just got probably one of the more entertaining AFC matchups I've seen in a while. I mean, there's no Patriots, which is great, and I don't think that the Chiefs are guaranteed to be in the in the Super Bowl. 
And, uh, you know, you've got a really good but flawed Titans team, a really white-hot Buffalo Bills team, a Cleveland team that can just destroy anybody on any given day. It's a pretty good uh, pretty good little, little Final Four. Now, on the NFC side, the way that it plays out, the Packers get the number one seed. It will be Bears at New Orleans. That's, again, assuming L.A. beats the Cardinals. Rams at Seattle. Bucks at Dallas, which seems backwards, but, you know, again, Dallas won their division, so they get the four seed. I'm assuming the Buccaneers are going to destroy Dallas. I'm assuming New Orleans is going to destroy Chicago. And it really just comes down to Seattle and the Rams. If it wasn't too, you know, a couple weeks ago, I would have said the Rams are going to beat Seattle, no problem. But Seattle's actually getting better. L.A. seems to be getting worse. So I think Seattle wins. So you got Tampa, Seattle, and New Orleans, which would mean Tampa Bay would come to Green Bay and Seattle would go to New Orleans. That's borderline worst-case scenario in my mind. I do like the fact that uh, for both Breeze and Brady, you've got aging quarterbacks having to come to freezing cold temperatures. Both of them very warm weather, right? you got Tampa Bay in warm weather, New Orleans obviously warm weather plus a dome. The only other teams we could play would be L.A. and Chicago. Both of those would be better, which means the number one thing we want to happen is for Dallas to win. Because if Dallas wins, we either play Dallas... LA or Chicago, and I think those are three automatic wins. The only teams that are somewhat scary in, in the NFC are the Saints, the Seahawks, and the Bucks. And I know LA's got a, a pretty stout defense and all that, primarily because of one good pass rusher, but the offense is deteriorating rapidly. And again, everything goes through Green Bay, and I don't like LA traveling all the way across the country, going from LA to Green Bay, Wisconsin, in the blistering cold, and, and beating the Packers. I don't see that happening. So if Dallas beats Tampa, then we would be playing Dallas unless either the Rams or the Bears win. It's it's the winner of with that has the lo- lowest seed. So if the Bears win, we play them. If not, then if the Rams win, we play them. If not, then we would play Dallas. So that would be best case scenario. But again, I don't see Tampa Bay losing to Dallas. The only benefit again is that Dallas is at home, and you just hope that Tom Brady is starting to fade as the season rolls on. Unfortunately for all of us, Tom Brady just played had his highest grade of the season against Detroit in Week 16. He had. Um, one of his other highest graded games in week 15 against Atlanta. So by far his best two game stretch has been the last two weeks. I don't see Tom Brady falling off all that much. So it is what it is. I, I just, I, again, I just wanted to kind of look at it. We don't really know what's going to happen or what's coming, but um, it is pretty exciting to look at it. Now, the other way, the other um, scenario obviously would be the Packers lose. And if everything else stays the same, the Packers with the three seed would be playing the uh, LA Rams. And that would be in Green Bay. So again, I do think we like that. The, the only the only negative is that at some point we have to go somewhere else. And it could be as early as next week if, um, assuming if Seattle wins, we have to go to Seattle. And that's not great. We don't like traveling to the West, uh, the West Coast. I don't want to play Seattle in Seattle. I never want to play Seattle in Seattle. And then after that would be New Orleans in New Orleans. So it's it's probably, I mean, it's it's very possibly almost the exact same games, just in different orders. The biggest difference is, we want people coming to Green Bay having to play in our weather, in our stadium, in our stands. And I'll tell you what, I really hope that Green Bay does something similar to what Buffalo just did and says we're going to start allowing X amount of fans. I'm not talking about fill the stadium, but can we put like 5,000 people in there? That's like what, one every 10, 10 chairs? I think we can space people out 10 chairs or 10 spaces and be fine. I mean, technically it's outdoors, isn't it? There's got to be some kind of a loophole here. Come on now. Also worth noting, I just, I'm, I don't know why I'm on Twitter right now. 
Little side note, Dalton makes a million bucks if he wins and goes to the playoffs. So if the Eagles lose and Dallas wins, I mean, it's, it's weird because it's like, ah, it's just a million. These guys are football players. It's a million dollars. What are we excited for? Hey, I hope our team gets into the playoffs. This dude gets a million dollars. All he has to do is win and then cheer. Can you imagine? What is the schedule here? Yeah. So so the, the Cowboys play at noon. So if Andy Dalton wins, he's got he's watching, literally watching the Washington-Philadelphia game with a million dollars riding on that game. Can you imagine that? Maybe you don't care if you've already got a bunch of millions in the bank. I don't know. But, I mean, it's it's a million bucks is still a million bucks. I don't care how many millions you got. You could have a hundred million in the bank and it's still like, dude, that's a million dollars. That's crazy. I'd be watching that game thinking, dude, if 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 uh, if Philly wins, I'm going to take a private jet to Clearwater and I'm going to buy a house right there on the beach. Just going to buy it in cash. I'm going to go up to my boss and say I want a million dollars in cash because I have an airplane uh, flight I have to catch in six hours. So call some people, write me a check, maybe just wire it to my bank. Whatever it is you guys do, uh, give me a call. I'm going to Florida. Million dollars. I'm in the. I made like forty bucks on YouTube one day, and I just lost it. It's like, dude, forty bucks. That's crazy. All my hours and hours paid off. Let's go. Eight hours into a video, made forty bucks. Killing it, guys. This guy's. Yeah, whatever. It's crazy. Good for him. Good for him. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, ten chairs. Anyways, why don't we take a break? If in uh, you like the show, a uh, little bit of support would go a long way. You can support this here show for as little as a dollar a month over at patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy. If for whatever reason you don't like Patreon, you could also go to YouTube and support me over there. Same guy, same money, just different platform. Also, not a lot of love over there. So if you, I mean, if you just want to jump over there and do it, make me feel better about my life. Underneath my videos on the, the channel or whatever, there's a little join button. You know, think about it. Shout out to Gary, Matt, Zach, and Kyle. Otherwise, again, just just spread the word, man. Let let the people know. You know the drill. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, let's look at a couple things here. Um, This is over with our friends at BetUS. The Green Bay Packers are, in fact, favored in this game. However, they're not quite as confident as we all are. Four-point favorites in this game. 
Do yourself a favor, pick the Packers. <laughs> I'm kidding. Please don't listen to me. All right, I listen. It's bad enough. I'm already worried because I don't usually run my mouth like I have. That's not usually my thing. Um, I grew up in Chicago, a Packers fan. I spent years running my mouth, and then when the Packers lose, it sucks bad. They just they will not stop. They smash you over and over. I remember. Um, Because all my friends obviously were Packer fans. After a Packers-Bears game, somebody's phone was always ringing. If the Packers lost, I knew my phone rang, and I knew it was my friend, and it was the worst feeling in the world to pick up that phone because you knew you had to face the music. Plus, it was like a wall phone, and your parents they would answer the phone, be like, "Ryan, John's on the phone." It's like, ugh, it sucked. And then there was the uh, that continued all the way through my college years. I remember when the Packers beat the Bears in the playoffs. My friend John was at that game. Bears fan. And he sent me a message, and it was basically, look, good game, but don't even. Like, just all due respect to you and your team, and congratulations. Don't do not, because I cannot handle it right now. And that, that was kind of the ceasefire. Since then, that hasn't really been my thing. It's a lot more comfortable to be just just not overextend and just get punched in the mouth. I just I don't like that. I don't want to have to deal with weeks of not just... I mean, I'm, I'm less worried about Bears and Vikings fans saying ha-ha than I am about Packer fans just losing their mind. You promised me! Deal with that. Because Packer fans are way worse, in my opinion. I'm going to get bad reviews. People are just going to lose it. But as bad as that is, the last thing on planet Earth I ever want to do is to tell you to spend money on something and then losing money. I'm not telling you to go gamble. And then you lose like $1,000 because of me. Please don't do that. Don't ever listen to me when it comes to gambling, ever. If you do it, that's fine. But you're doing it because you did the math, you ran the numbers, you thought it through, and you decided it was a good idea. Not because of me. Just Let's just clear that up. Also, while we're here looking at the MVP favorites, it is now a three-way race between Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the kind of runaway favorite right now. Which is really exciting. I mean, it's, and that's that's part of what I was talking about before about how everything just feels good. There must be something like deep down in our brains, or at least in mine, that says, you know, this isn't going to happen, right? Even last year, thirteen and three, but every game is like, eh, I don't know about this. It just it it's got a different feel that I probably haven't felt since you know twenty fourteen ish or something, where you just know your team is is arguably the best team in football. I mean, there's other good teams they could seriously lose, but I know for a fact if they continue playing the way they're playing, this is a Super Bowl championship team. Best offense in football with a defense that is dominating. Packers' defense this season, I mean, even on the season, is ranked 16th in terms of points, 23.5 per game. The last three weeks, they've allowed 18 points per game. Seventh best defense in football. Seventh best. And, And again, that includes the punt return. I mean, even the notion that, you know, the the team is fraudulent, similar to last year. Last year, the Green Bay Packers averaged 23.6 points per game. This year, 31.7. It's not close. The defense allowed 20.7 points per game. Right now, on the season, 23.5. Again, more recent history, 18 points a game. It's just a good team, man. I don't know what else to say about it. Um, some real interesting things to watch in this game. First of all, the offensive line, how they decide to shuffle that up. Matt LaFleur mentioned, I mean, I told you what made the most sense, but Matt LaFleur mentioned they're going to continue to shuffle the offensive line. It's possible that he just said that to try to keep the Bears on their toes to, you know, because if nothing else, you got the element of surprise, but it will be interesting. I mean, the only real X factor here would be, um, 
you know, who plays what position, but also John Runyon, do they decide to get him involved? I'm guessing that's not really the case. I'm thinking some of these guys, if he's even telling the truth, have certain strengths and certain weaknesses, and depending on the the players and where they play, that may dictate certain things. For example, the the Bears, you're primarily looking at Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack, so you want to put your strength over there. Um, other times you might look at this guy's, you know, some guys are better run blockers, some guys are better pass blockers. So it's playing to their strength, it's playing against their weaknesses. So on a week-to-week basis, that'll be interesting. Unless, again, he's just flat-out lying and, and the offensive line is set. Billy Turner, Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, Lucas Patrick, Rick Wagner. Uh, the other interesting dynamic here is the running back. Does A.J. Dillon go back to being the number three running back? Is A.J. Dillon now the number one running back? Is that a week-to-week thing? I mean, it, it's shocking to me that A.J. Dillon was our number one running back last week. Well, Aaron Jones was a little bit banged up, and it was a cold-weather game, and it was a good matchup against the Titans. Yeah, maybe. And, and honestly, I'm not, I'm not mad about that. If, if they have the mental fortitude to be able to say that we're going to run basically this style of offense this week because it's a better matchup against this team, great. So one week we might see Aaron Jones, one week we might see more A.J. Dillon. You know, depending on who the better receiving backs, the better blocking back, the better running back. But either way, the fact that we have a heavy rotation means we can just smash the ball down their throat over and over again and tire them out. And, and that's that's the big part of the reason why I think A.J. Dillon continues to get a, at least a, a fairly heavy load. He's just so good at, at smashing into people. And Jamal is too. Um, so again, it'll, it'll be interesting to see what the rotation is. Do we continue to see A.J. Dillon as the number one running back from now on? Or was that a bit of a fluke? And if it was a fluke, is it Aaron Jones and then A.J. Dillon and then Jamal? Or is it Aaron Jones, Jamal, and A.J.? I don't know. So that'll be very interesting to watch. Um, the wide receivers also, I was trying to figure out who the number two wide receiver was on the team, and I don't know. Alan Lazard and MVS have played the exact same number of snaps, uh, I think, last week. So again, I think even that. And, and that's part of the strength of the team is that they're so mobile, you know? Everything changes from week to week so much, it's hard to really pin them down. The offensive line has morphed over the season. The wide receivers, outside of Devontae being the number one, has morphed over the season. There isn't even really a number two. There's just like a rotation at that number two spot. I think Lazard gets used heavily because of his uh, run-blocking prowess, on top of being a competent receiver, obviously. has his couple blow-up games a year. MVS you use uh, to really stress a defense. You know, maybe if they got some weak safeties or if they're trying to drop a safety into the box. or You know, whatever. Again, it's just, it's a matter of... Whatever you do, we've got a counter for it. If you're doing that, we can throw MVS out there to get you to stop doing that. If you're playing to stop the deep passes, we're probably not going to play MVS because that's his big thing. We're going to bring out Alan Lazard and, and the tight ends and that big boy running backs, and we're going to smash you real close to the line of scrimmage at the line of scrimmage and force you to come up a little bit. Whatever it is you're doing, we're going to play the other way. And then when you switch, we're going to go the other way. You zig, we zag. That's it. We're going to do something that works until you can prove you can stop it, and then once you figure out how to stop it, we're going to do something else. That's the mark of a great team, offensively and defensively. If you can do that, that's fantastic. And again, when you have some of the key components that the Packers have, obviously left tackle is is one of the key positions that we just lost, but quarterback, cornerback, pass rusher, wide receiver, um, when you have elite prospects at those positions, it really helps. And, And on the defensive side of the ball, you know, not just having Jair, but having those safeties on the back end. When they're playing as well as they're playing, it really just, it, it makes it really hard for an offense. When, when you got a guy that erases your number one wide receiver, and you got safeties that are just every, I mean, Amos is making plays down the field as well as in the backfield. 
Savage is a ball hawk. You're, I mean, you're asking for trouble. If you see him anywhere near a guy, don't throw it. You're asking for trouble. He's got blazing fast speed, and he's going to get there. So, okay, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, one thing to keep in mind, and I've, I've said this almost every week, the Bears are going to score points. My prediction was that they score 20 points. You can't get to 20 points without scoring a touchdown. So if the Bears start this game with the ball, drive down the field and get a touchdown, it's upsetting and it's worrying, but don't just collapse in on yourself like a dying star. Don't run out on Twitter. Do not text me and say this team is fraudulent. They're going to this is a loss. Don't do that. And we sit here all the time and talk about how the you know the team we get so upset. Oh, this stupid team. You know, they have one mistake and then they just collapse. Why can't they just stay in the game? Why can't you stay in the game, bud? Who are you to lecture them that they need to keep their foot on their gas when you collapse when they get a first down? The game just started. They get a first down. It's like, oh, this team's garbage. I quit. Don't ask them to do something you're not willing to do. And all you got to do is sit on your couch, shut up, and enjoy the game. That's it. And I'm not saying you can't have an emotional reaction that says, oh, shucks, when something happens. But don't run out and tell everybody about it. How about that for a deal? If you want them to stick in the game, if you want them to play four quarters, you don't give up on them for four quarters. That's your contribution. The energy you put out is the energy Aaron Rodgers and Rashawn Gary put out. How does that sound? Let's pretend that those those things are linked together. You quit, they quit. Does that sound like a deal? That's my plan anyways. And I know I'm going to get upset, and I know I'm going to get frustrated, and I know I'm going to get scared. My goal is to stay off my phone, stay off Twitter, unless things are good. That's it. Anyways, I got to get going. Lots to do today. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Sunday. Go Pack Go. I'll talk to you tomorrow.